0: I'm Audra and I'm Sadie and we are former English lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with
1: fellow lit nerds and we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books and support your local bookstore.
0: everybody, welcome to Lit and Libations. Hi Sadie. Hi Audra. How are you? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm good. Um, we are recording this on Memorial Day and mm-hmm. so just wanted to belated for when everyone will listen but just hope you all had a lovely Memorial Day weekend and thinking about history and <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what it means. It means different things to different people. I think Memorial Day so yeah, it was a good. I had a good reflective day. I think maybe that's a I wish everyone had a reflective day at some point in the day. For sure. Um. Well, don't really have any announcements because we have not decided yet on our next book, but we will be deciding that soon and we'll make sure to um put that up on Instagram so that everybody can go out and pick up a copy and start that book um before before our next recording. So we'll be doing two par- two episodes for this book for Liberty. So you have a little bit of time.
1: Um, anything, am I missing anything, Sadie? I don't think so. I think, we, yeah, we don't really have anything new to talk about except for this lovely book yeah. that you picked. Oh, I'm so
0: excited to talk about it. Well, um, so I made, what is your cocktail this evening, your libation?
1: I made a Moscow Mule. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I really like ginger beer. I like ginger drinks and... We just happen to have ginger beer. We don't always carry that in our house. And so I decided that would be a good, like, simple one to make. Yeah, and you've got it in the mug. So, mm-hmm. lovely. Cheers. You have <laughs> you have good barware. Um,
0: I made a French 75, and mm. I used the the gin that you brought me back, the Empress Gym. Yay. So thank you so much. Um, and it's cool because my glass is slightly tinged pink, and then I don't yeah. know if you can see, but the gin has that little purple color to it, so it's made a really pretty color but um so i made a french 75 and then i was making a bowl of strawberries for my kids so i stuck a strawberry on the side of it to look fancy
1: well it looks good with the slight tinge of pink it looks beautiful Mm -hmm. yes yes
0: which i'm so glad because that's fitting because this is such a beautiful novel Mm -hmm. like i just absolutely loved love love this i haven't been this like uh, exuberant about a new novel in, in a long time so um so I kind of put together a little summary hopefully you all had a chance to start reading or read the novel we're discussing pages one through 201 um, the novel isn't broken up into n- numerical chapters um, but we've stopped at the chapter that starts I cannot pronounce I don't I would just butcher the Haitian <laughs> sentence horribly and I should really work on that and I haven't so I don't want to sound I don't want to butcher it but Um, In English, it translates to Real Love Knows No Danger. So that is where we will begin um, in our second episode. Um, So Liberty, Liberty is the story of a freeborn black girl in Reconstruction era Brooklyn. Uh, the author Caitlin Greenridge. It's her second novel, uh, published in 2021 by Algonquin Books. Um, and she eloquently tells the story of Liberty Sampson and her mother, uh, a black woman who's light enough to pass for white and is a practicing physician. That's that's who her mother is. Her mother has dreams of practicing medicine alongside Liberty, but Liberty's drawn to music, and feels hungry for things that are not a part of her mother's plan for her. Even though she doesn't quite know what that is, uh, she marries a young man from Haiti. Um, who's also a physician in training. He brings her back to Haiti to live with his father and sister while he strives to create a, a new world in Haiti with black Americans. Um, and it's, you know, she, she kind of maybe realizes that that isn't quite what she thought she wanted either. So it's a interesting kind of... Part of me thinks it's a coming-of-age story, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it's so much more. But um, her her journey is just so interesting. I just love this novel. Um, I had not read, um, Caitlin Greenridge's first novel. Uh, we love you, Charlie Freeman, but I'm definitely going to be picking that up because I just love this novel so much. I'm excited to read anything else that she's written.
1: I agree. I was really impressed with this novel. Um, and I hadn't read, read anything by her either. But I think that the description that you gave is really lovely. It is kind of hard to tackle down a proper like definition for this novel because mm-hmm. it is a coming of age tale, but it also it's so internalized and like as far as how it's written, it's so just her internal monologue. But also, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just like so impressed and moved by the relationships that she has. Um, the kind of frustrating relationships that she has that I, again, like I don't feel like coming of age really quite fits. Yeah. The of, of like, it doesn't fully describe what the book is. It's about a lot of things.
0: Yeah. There's so much more. I mean, it, you know, the, it, it, there's so much in it about, you know, the black diaspora and like, especially where we'll talk more about that in the second part of the book or in the mm-hmm. second episode, I think. So that's kind of more, I think where that's focused, but I think the idea of, you know, so Liberty and her mother are freeborn, um, and the novel starts even before the war is quite finished.
1: Well, it starts um, before it start. Like it starts before it started. It starts yeah. in eighteen
0: sixty. Yeah. Um, but so they, but they've never lived enslaved. And then it there's enough characters. There's also characters in the novel who were slaves and Mm -hmm. have escaped to freedom. And and I think there's just such an interesting, um, there's just really interesting discussions about that actually between the characters, even though they do it in this kind of passive way, Mm -hmm. but then just throughout the novel, I think the idea of freedom, I mean, Liberty even says it, there's a, again, I always do this. I always skip ahead to parts that we're not discussing, (laughs) but there's a part where she even, she asks that what is freedom? Um, and so I think that's, uh, big part of of the question too and i don't know marriage and relationships and like family like it's just there's so much in it it's just so good like it's so yeah. just i feel like she just immerses you in this i just felt immersed in in like liberty's world
1: yeah i did as well and i i think she does a good job of fitting so much in a relatively small book yeah, You know, this is only maybe 300 pages, which is, I guess, a fairly standard size for a novel. But if it reads quite short. Like, I feel like this is yeah. a book that could be read in a day. Um, mm-hmm. And she just fits everything so succinctly. Like, I feel like everything yeah. that's in it is so intentional and so well done that she doesn't need to make this sprawling novel to cover all of these things. She can do it just piece by piece and yet it still like fits and weaves together so well
0: yes um and I I love the characters I think all of them are really interesting to me so we have Liberty Sampson who's the the protagonist um her her mother Dr. Sampson um they I guess it's her mother's nurse um and also someone who kind of helps at their home oh, what was her name
1: I think it's like Lenore Lenore
0: mm-hmm. Lenore um Mr. Ben who Mm. uh he's so when the novel starts there's like almost this I loved how it started it it, so I have just had no idea what to expect with how it starts where basically Dr. Sampson and her daughter um this other woman um Elizabeth oh what's her name her last name um Madam Elizabeth yeah Madam Elizabeth and her son come and they bring this coffin and there's a what you a dead body in the coffin you think and her mother dr samson like revives him and and i interpreted what was going on as that was part of how they were having people escape from um you know they were it was like yeah. a, an underground railroad thing and, and so what they were doing is people would go in coffins um and she gave him too much ether is kind of how and so he got that's why he looked like that when they brought him and she revived him and but it's just so interesting. Like it just starts with this, this story of resurrection and it's, um, you know, someone who then has, doesn't know what to do with his freedom. I just think Mr. Ben is such an interesting and sad character. And like Dr. Sampson has conflicts with, it's just so interesting to see how, um, you would think, I don't know how to say what I'm, what I'm thinking, but I just think it's interesting how easily she presents different sides of a story and, Mm -hmm does it in such a way that you're not even I think focused on what's right or wrong. It's just, it is what it is. Like, does that make sense? Like, yeah, she doesn't really set it up as here's, here's the person, you know, here's the two sides. It's like, it's, it's not even about sides cause it's different for there's no one way if that makes sense. Like, right. Well, with how they're trying to live.
1: Well, I liked that too. Cause I, th- I think it's does a good job of showing that there's more than just one black experience in this country you know and like thank you that's what I'm trying to say um yeah there's more than one kind of experience and you know reaching a certain point that's like not the finish line like freedom the emancipation Mm -hmm. proclamation that's not the end point that wasn't the goal there's some more work that needs to be done there's something that needs to be done even just on the internal level and so I love you know like we kind of talked earlier about this question of freedom and it's a question that Uh, Liberty is asking this entire time of, you know, not only based on her name and, like, what her father, who was enslaved before escaping, Mm -hmm. was kind of dealing with, like, this ideal that he was looking at. It was a question of, like, well, what is it? Like, is it a place? Is it a state of mind? Is it, you know? And and we don't really get a right answer because, you know, we get these characters like Mr. Ben or Ben Daisy, as he's called by the the community. Um. Mm -hmm he's technically free he's in free territory but he's not free in a lot of ways i really love this one line um it's on page 56 where her mother says we have in our midst a group of men and a few women who upon discovering our community and life here in freedom find their souls still oppressed their bodies are here with us in emancipation but their minds are not free Their spirits have not recovered from the degradation of enslavement, despite the many hardships and privations they have suffered to come here. And I just, I really loved that. The fact that she talks about how we can, she can treat as a doctor, you know, the the physical Mm -hmm. effects of enslavement. She can treat the, the wounds, the physical wounds on their bodies that they went through, but the spiritual side or the mental side, that's something that's a lot more difficult to fix and it's a lot more difficult to narrow down and understand if it's not something that you can relate to. I loved when like how
0: Dr. Sampson tries to go about curing Ben Daisy, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's free now, but he's not, he's not acting as she thinks he should act. And it, it just makes no sense to her. And he's, you know, he, in her mind, she's not acting like, he should act as he's free and she can never understand because she's never been enslaved she was born free and so it's interesting the different ideas that these two people have of what freedom is um Mm -hmm. anyway and so as she's trying to cure him that's when the story kind of gets this almost magical realism element you know with the he's lovesick for for this woman Daisy that he knew and it starts talking about water nymphs and Mm -hmm. you know and how she drags him into the water and so it's interesting that once it goes into his spiritual you know side and his emotional side mental side her cure doesn't be like before that she gives you can tell she's a very methodical logical person the story is very much I think points at how learned she is and intelligent and scientific and it you know it's it doesn't seem magical at all and then as she goes to work on healing this other side of him that's not physical the story takes this kind of interesting turn and kind of makes it you know just brings up these magical stories like their reality in the novel so I think that was kind of an interesting like um I, I just feel like there's not much more of it in the rest of the novel except when they're talking about Ben Daisy
1: yeah um, I agree so it, was, it, it was
0: kind of interesting to her to take that turn like but it didn't yeah. feel um off-putting like it wasn't like whoa now we're in a whole different kind of novel because sometimes I feel like I've read books where it it's almost like too much of a tonal shift too quick and it doesn't make sense right but it doesn't feel that way in this no it
1: it, it doesn't because it's so subtle I mean yeah the whole thing with him you know jumping into the wharf after Daisy he says that he is seeing Daisy at first like Mm -hmm. you think he's cured because of what Dr. Sampson does But then as soon as he realizes something like you're not even quite sure of what he's seeing, but he he believes that she's there, like he's seeing Daisy, who we know is dead. And then he jumps into the wharf after her, like he says that she he sees her in the water. And there's this part where they say that the boys or the men at the wharf jump in to try to get him. And what they see is him being basically cradled in the in her arms underwater. And, you know, they're kind of called to her but they, they don't go with them. But, you know, that's all very magical. But even before that, we get kind of introduced to that idea when it is talking about the four or five people that hang out at Mr. Culver's back room. And there's, Mm -hmm. um, there's one in particular that really stood out to me. It was, he was formerly enslaved. And even though he's had his back treated for the lashes and and beatings and what things that he went through they never heal so they always are there they're always yeah. physically there as if they happened like that day and that's mm-hmm. our kind of first sign that you know there's more going on here
0: that's true that's really that's a good point i didn't connect those two but you're right like because she, she just does it in such a subtle way i think right.
1: And I think it works so well when you're telling a story like this because it is it is difficult to understand like kind of the, I don't know, like it's hard to put a pin on anybody's emotions and tell them they're supposed to be feeling a certain way, right? Like yeah. with Mr. Ben, it's almost like they act like he's ungrateful, you yes. know, because he, he yeah. is, he's kind of gruff, he's kind of judgmental, he compares everything mm-hmm. that he experiences to his lost lover um who ran away without him she kind of like betrayed him before he escaped but at the same time it's like how are you supposed to tell somebody who's been through that trauma and who literally is like brought back from the dead in a way um how to feel and like how what to do with their freedom it's I don't know it's just really complicated so I feel like the magical realism elements is like it's a really good way of making tangible something that is hard to understand
0: well or yeah or something that truly really has no explanation like yeah what is the right how do you feel what is what is freedom like there's just these a- these questions that you just there's there isn't an answer to it so rather than try and pinpoint an answer it's just you know bring in that kind of magical element it's like I know that airplanes work and they fly in the sky don't ask me to explain to you how it happens it's magic right like like that's just like how it connects in my brain because I can't fathom I just don't understand I'm sure I could learn but I don't understand and so it's just magic and I think but this is about such hard questions because there's not really an answer to them there's not necessarily one answer and I think that's kind of the point like we brought up earlier like not every experience is the same and and I think she kind of highlights that too and just how she treats like colorism like Mm -hmm. I think she Mm just I mean there's so much i can't possibly understand or or know really how to talk about but i think that she gives a really nuanced like treatment of colorism and just so again what's right what's not right but like there's this great i'm trying to remember what page it's on but you know Liberty's talking about helping with her fair-skinned mother Mm -hmm. when she's like as a doctor she opens a hospital and ends up treating white women with gynecological issues that they're you know they wouldn't go to probably the male doctor that they have and and you know that she her mom was light enough that they didn't necessarily recoil when she touched them they would still go to see her she was light enough but you know liberty has a much darker color and if you know she was helping she's learning she's kind of a nurse to her mom if she like touched them they just would recoil like right. they couldn't even and so i i think that's kind of where I just thought that was a great thing that Liberty is like assessing this and seeing this. And it's so stark between mother and daughter. And, um, yeah. and then, you know, there's just lots of talks of, of, colorism and I think that she does it.
1: Yeah. And kind of like a really well, a really sad kind of sense of betrayal as well between her and her mother based off of their color. Mm-hmm. Like you never get the sense really that, Dr. Sampson isn't proud of her daughter. And because, like, she says at the beginning that it was almost like she was proud that her daughter was darker, like she did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But um, when they are in those moments with those white women in the hospital, her mother doesn't, you know, tell the white women that they're wrong. She tells right. her daughter to move or to leave or to go do something else. Um or just to watch or to take notes or whatever she doesn't like stand up for her daughter and Liberty gets mm-hmm. pretty she she gets pretty upset with that she feels like her mom is choosing these white women and their feelings over her own and obviously that's a really complicated situation to be in for her mother, but that sense of betrayal by like your your own blood, like your own family is really difficult to deal with and there's you know there's also moments where she has a conversation with her can't remember which part of the book it is but she kind of confronts her mom about like how can you treat these white women how can you do this after everything that they've done literally Mm -hmm. like neighbors painting their other neighbors houses red so that well that horrible scene where they there's there's people
0: that are escaping um from uh, i think it's i think it's manhattan Mm mm-hmm um and they the women and liberty are waiting at the like water's edge for these boats to come over to like tr- you know saving people and just the the children and the you know that are now orphans or the people who lost because there's like an orphanage that was put on fire and just all this like horror that she experiences like how can you see that like I just think it's unfathomable to her that her mother can have cared for those people and children and you know, seeing all that, but then still really help these white people. And especially ones that, you know, don't, don't respect her. Don't, you know, they recoil at the sight of her daughter. Like she just can't understand how her mother could possibly do that. And I don't either. Right. (laughs) But then she also presents like what her mother kind of how she explains herself. And I'm like, okay, I can't argue with that either. Like, it's just,
1: yeah, like it's, there's
0: no answer to it.
1: Right, like it's one of those things where it's like she shouldn't have to do that, you know? Yeah. She shouldn't have to treat those women, but also who else is going to? And it's, you know, to me, I just think of like the hypocritical, of like she's obligated to, as a doctor, to to do what she can, I guess. And that's something I totally understand, but it sucks that she has to. And it sucks that it's... Um, a. a, a a point of divide amongst her and liberty mm-hmm. because this first part of the novel that we you know you know that we're talking about today we just constantly see them getting kind of wedged farther and farther apart and it's really sad to watch and yes you know and her mom
0: continues to It made to, me feel so sad like so yeah. sad for both of them so so sad
1: they just really just didn't understand each other and it's and it's hard because Obviously her mom just I think wants what's best for her. She wants her to follow in her footsteps. She wants to create this this thing together, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. that you can completely understand why she would want that. But then, you know, Liberty is kind of she is kind of confounding in the sense that it's hard to really say what she cares about or what she feels strongly about anything. Obviously, she's she is attached to music like she likes music obviously she's more drawn to that but mm-hmm. even there it still doesn't feel like that's what she wants truly to do and so yeah. there, there isn't really I don't know she's just kind of she's she's a great character but it is hard to kind of pinpoint what it is she wants in life
0: yeah I love um I think it's on page 73 well it's on my page 73 I'm assuming most of the copies but it's it's the very last page before the chapter starts that starts with what's good about the heart is that it does not reason. Mm -hmm. Um, but after Ben Daisy, you know, for a little while they think he's cured that he quote, you know, like appreciates freedom now, I guess, but then he quickly, you know, what it looks like is backslides and, and is not cured at all. And, um, Liberty says my, my heart hurt and I was full of disgust though for who or for what I did not know. I only knew that I did not ever want to care for another if it made me act like mr ben if it made me wander the fields of brooklyn pressing flowers for someone who would never come if it made me speak another's name until it became my own even when i was guaranteed no answer if it made me try to heal my people and fail so disastrously if it made me put my brother in a coffin to get him free and still have him die anyways care i decided was monstrous it was as clear as ben daisy's hat floating on the waters I would not be a doctor no matter what mama wished. I could not deceive others and I could not deceive myself as she did. Mm. And I think it just, it, that was just so heartbreaking. Like it's such a shift, like to see someone have this like kind of traumatic shift, you know, cause her and her mother were so close and I think you really got the sense of their closeness and it was kind of this unique, you know, Dr. Sampson maybe wasn't as overtly affectionate or you know but you can tell you could tell how much she cared for liberty and it seemed like liberty kind of before this shift truly kind of like worshipped her mother yeah um and to see this like huge shift it's like oh like that's rough because it's just gonna be hard now like once you have that shift you have to go through it and those are
1: hard yeah it is hard she does she does go from you know at the very beginning she goes from like forcing an allergic reaction on herself just so she can get the exactly, care that she worships and attention her mother from her mother. Yeah. Cause she worshiped mm-hmm. her and she wanted that attention from her to deciding that she doesn't want to care about anything. If it's going to like hurt her like that. She even questions like the value of freedom just right after that, she says, was freedom worth it? If you still ached like that, if you were still bound on the earth by desire, you know, like she's, she does kind of decide at that moment, at a very like young age, it's really sad to just like distance herself from connection in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. But you know, at the, later on though, it still seems like it's something she wants. She just can't quite get there. Like, especially when, um, she sees, uh, experience and, oh, what's the Oh, other one? the graces. I yeah. love, uh, Louisa. Louisa. Yeah. I love the oh yeah
0: I'm so glad you brought up the Graces I love them so it's these two women that are singers and they perform as the Graces she meets them when she goes to Cunningham College and she tries to sing with them and you kind of get the idea that she's you know she's not at their caliber but (laughs) she's just so enticed by like them and their passion and their singing and um and like doesn't want to practice medicine and wants to be with them and um they travel from Cunningham college back to her hometown so that she can sing for, they can sing for the black community. And like, um, and it's then right. That she discovers that they're lovers. Yeah. Um, and so then there's like, she, now she knows I can't, I can't ever be a part of this because part of their passion, I think I interpreted it as she knows that she can't ever be part of their group because part of why they sing the way they sing and what's attractive to her and other people and their beauty is partly, their relationship with each other and right. how that comes out in their singing and who they are to each other. And so she knows, I mean, that's it. Like that's why it is the way it is. I can't be a part of that. I took it that way. Yeah. Um, that's, I think love, love the clear. graces.
1: I did too. I I've loved them. I loved how they also both kind of show different ways that people handle freedom and like mm-hmm. kind of deal with it because of experience. She lost her family when she was enslaved I think both of them are enslaved um were were enslaved but she has a much she's she's kind of harsh and abrasive to certain people and she's specifically pretty abrasive to Liberty when Liberty continues to talk about her mother and kind of talk about the privileges that she has as a as a child as a kid who was never enslaved um Experience is pretty um, kind of hurt or sensitive about that, right? So she she reacts abrasively to some of the things that Liberty says, whereas Louisa is much more temperate and mm-hmm. like she I don't know is easier to get to know, I guess, more open and explains things better. But then they also it kind of brings in the colorism aspect as well, because Louisa is darker and Experience yeah. is lighter and. Between the three of them, I think it's a really good way that the author shows the microaggressions within the community. Yes, um, yes. just based off of how those three women are are treated by men and, and by treat, women and treat others, and how they treat others as well, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's really interesting, especially when they're they're traveling and whenever like a, a suitor. Is mentioned you know it's always pointed directly to experience because she has lighter skin like it's not even an mm-hmm. option for louisa or for liberty which you know obviously louisa and experience don't really care because they're lovers and they want to be together right but, and then also you know Liberty's the one who ends up with that man that they're talking about which is emmanuel
0: exactly well, and I love I love the different um, points of view that Louisa and experience um, demonstrate when they talk like to go become like do this as professionals, like to travel mm-hmm. and to sing for people. And um, uh, I'm trying to I think it's some page one forty two and one forty three, um, but so they're talking about traveling um, and experiences is saying that there's this group from Tennessee that they sing their pain for the queen. And, um, you know, Louise is like, well, the queen gave them an ovation and she invited them to the palace and they dine with Lords and ladies almost like, like, okay, they sang their pain, but look at what they got out of it and experiences. I won't sing my sorrow for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's interesting because if she's not singing her sorrow for anyone, but yet the songs they are singing are as affecting as this and, like it's like the depths of her you know and I just think it's so interesting how she's like no like I'm not there's only a certain thing that I'll give to everyone else and um so I love how she's approaches it in that way and you know Ebony or Ebony Louisa has a different view on it and I think that she it goes along with the you know kind of like with how Dr. Sampson is versus Liberty and there's just so many interesting viewpoints that are communicated in this about freedom what is freedom you know and what what does that mean and can it be found and um it's interesting like the people who you know because there's there was a a lot of movements of that of people going to back to africa and starting their own country and um all these different kind of diaspora movements and there were interesting you know there was a lot of sides to that discussion and i think she kind of touches on that here yeah. And I mean, more so we, you kind of see more of that in the second part of the novel. But even in the first part, you know, just like Madam Elizabeth, her and her son even have different views. Yeah. You know, mother and son on on what's possible and what's not possible as black people in America, whether you're free or, you know, I think there's yeah. some really I, th- I think I at least was. I, I would say taught in school that slavery was horrible civil war happened things were better Mm. you know and Mm -hmm. like even talking about you know you learn about Jim Crow you learn about the things that obviously it wasn't better but I think just how it's taught is such a glossed over way of of how awful things still were and still are and so I think that it's just interesting to that you know the, of course that's talked about and you have to think about that like well, what is really better and are we any better and right you know is it and silly to to accept this like kind of that idea of yeah. what do you take action on and what do you not and what a yeah well and like and why is it all on your shoulders to yeah
1: like- <laughs> well, well you know especially when it's when they're asking experience to share Uh, a part of her and her history and her life that is extremely painful with those you know those slave songs and Mm -hmm. you know in a sense like you could make an argument like well by sharing it then people will understand it more but then like what good is it because you know today we're we're recording this on may 31st and you know it just happens to be the day of the tulsa massacre Mm -hmm. you know what good does it do really when these systems are still in place Shit hasn't changed much no and (laughs) like yeah like what good is it for her to share her pain and and for them to try when Mm -hmm. the systems that have built this nation and still exist are constantly there to oppress and as soon as as these communities do build independence in any way or or prosperity as a whole community it gets shut down if you don't know about the Tulsa Massacre of, like, 1921, then you definitely need to go look at it. Um, yeah. It's it's insane. Pause. Pause, pause uh, yes. listening to us, even though
0: we're super funny and interesting, but pause yeah. and go go down a rabbit hole of education on that. Cause, yeah.
1: Because, yeah. it, you know, it's, it is just a, a sign of, like, the same questions that Liberty is asking, like, what good is freedom? And, you know, there are good free like there is a good thing about freedom very clearly but at the same time we're still existing and like living in a nation where you're oppressed even when you you try and you're free you know it's so for experience not wanting to share those stories but the very people who have oppressed them and are oppressing them something I completely understand which I which is why I find it interesting what finally gets her to to do it is when liberty says, no, we'll, like, we'll only perform for other black people. Mm-hmm. You'll only have to share. She says, you'll only have to sing your pain for anyone else. You won't, oh, sorry, you will not have to sing your pain for anyone else, but people who already know it. Right. You know, and that that feels like power and community. But I agree, like, there's so much in this book of, like, there is no right answer. And you can't look to one person within the community for the answer because within that community there are completely like vast amount of experiences and opinions and they're all right or they're all wrong like it doesn't you know it there's Mm -hmm. not a single answer to anything
0: no what do we um what do we
1: think about emmanuel uh well before we move on to the second part because I think no no my, we, you still meet him in the first part yeah you meet him in the first part but my opinion of him changes in the second part
0: a little bit okay so should we wait to discuss Emmanuel till the second part I don't Probably, know I mean because we don't have as much to discuss okay maybe maybe instead of discussing him I think I think it's interesting how she introduces him yes like, so, so, um, Liberty and the Graces are going back to her hometown to put on this, this concert and, um, they stop at Madame Elizabeth and Lucian's, um, um, in Philadelphia on their way back East cause her college is in Ohio. So they're traveling all the way back to to Brooklyn and they, I think they have some really interesting interactions with Madame Elizabeth and Lucian, like, you know, they, how they helped, tri- you know get people out of slavery was putting them in coffins and so they stop and their house is full of coffins but then they're mm-hmm. also make you know they make clothes and um that's where that's where it is that's where liberty realizes that um experience and louisa are are lovers yeah and um anyway and so then they finally make it to uh, To Brooklyn to where her mom is and Emmanuel has come to her he's from Haiti and he's learned he's like kind of apprenticing with her right like that's Mm -hmm. probably that's how I interpreted it um and she's kind of had this jealousy of him because her mother's been writing her while she's at college about him and so there's almost this and kind of prompting this competition like oh we saw this patient this is what Emmanuel thought what do you think you know what would you have done so she's kind of she feels this competition, this jealousy, this all sorts of, you know, this interest, all these feelings rightfully about so this person, too, because, like, she, rightfully oh, so,
1: because her mother is way, you know, she gives him so much praise that she's never given mm-hmm. Liberty and, um, attention and, and adoration that Liberty never has really felt from her. So that, you know, that's set up for, I think, Good reason. I don't think she's reading too much into those letters when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And I I love his history. So he says um, his father was born free in Maryland and his mother was a slave. She escaped twice to join him. The first time she and his um, three brothers were recaptured. The second time she made it away, but with only one of them. Um, Once in Maryland with his father, they had five more children and he is the youngest. And his father joined the Church of England. Um, and before the war broke out, he wanted to leave the country, but his mother said, no, she wanted to stay in case, um, the two brothers that hadn't escaped ever found a way to return to her. Um, but his father didn't see how colored people could make anything of themselves in America. So he petitioned the church to send him to Haiti. The president in Haiti had promised land to any American, um, any black American who could come. And his father was determined to, to start this, like be a part of that. I think starting that, um, then they got word that the two other brothers had died one from a whipping and the other drowned while trying to cross the Delaware River so they left um they went to Haiti they left the same day the war broke out at Fort Sumter um and then let's see what else happened with his they they get to Haiti um the first year was hard his brothers died and two of his sisters and then his mother died so it was just him his sister Ella and his father And they're now living in Haiti, trying to set up this new country in a way. And he's there um, as part of the church. So then I think that's also an interesting, again, I keep doing this. I keep finding things to talk about (laughs) in the second part. But his backstory is just super, I think it's interesting. And I think it, how she, that she gives you so much of that right up front. And it's him telling it. And it's almost kind of this verbal flirtation battle going on between liberty and emmanuel that prompts him telling it so i just think his introduction is so great like this um i think she really draws you into him as a character and their interaction and their relationship and um but not in a cheesy or unbelievable or like some of it's not romantic but some of it's like okay there's this attraction there's chemistry but it's not it's not an unrealistic depiction, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. She, I agree. I believe there's no flowery everything. romanticism. Yeah. It's just real and love, you know, and, and life is lovely and romantic and beautiful and also awful and tragic and all of these things. And it's just seems she makes it all, None of it seems fake. Even the stuff that comes across as more magical elements, like nothing seems false. It all just seems yeah. true. Well, like and every she, part of it.
1: And she appreciates that too. Um, You know, her mother kind of gets on her sometimes for speaking poetically, right. Her flowery language, her flowery language. Like, yeah. Lots of
0: interactions about that.
1: Right. And so, you know, she gets this love letter from him or love note and it's very simple. It's just like a very simple declaration of undying affection um Mm -hmm. him explaining that he wants her to become his wife and he thinks I think he says I think if you were being honest with yourself you would wish it too and her response to that is not even a bit of poetry I admired him for that for speaking plainly for avoiding some terrible simile about my eyes um you know and I I love that too because it does the chemistry is believable the way it happens is believable. And I also think that her attraction to him, you know, being bred out of that competition is also believable, especially when you like yeah. look at it in the sense that he's held in such high regard in her mother's eyes. It makes sense mm-hmm. that she would want to be a part of that in a way. Like, well, she's held in high regard, but then also he's able
0: to like, Disagree with, yeah, her mother. Like they have different viewpoints on things, but yet his mother, her mother, still holds him. Doctor Sampson still holds Emmanuel in such high regard, and that's something that Liberty doesn't feel like. I think she doesn't feel like her mother um, is proud of her, holds her in high regard, but also that she's able to disagree with her. You know, she's she's failed out of Cunningham College by the time she comes home, and she's just horrified for her mother to know. Um, but yet can't help but continue on her path of like, well, I, I still can't, right. I can't just go along with it. So she's got this, I think, interesting quandary. Um, I think all she wants to do is make her mother happy, but no- knows that no matter what she does, she can't make her mother happy. Like right. her greatest want is something that she can't possibly give, um, or get for herself. And so I think she's attracted to him cause it's almost like he's got that he's able to disagree or have different opinions and is going to make his own path but yeah, his mother her mother very much admires him and seems to respect him so it's like he's everything that she wants it's almost like maybe if I marry him you know we'll right. become that together yeah it's, it's
1: almost like she wants to be him more than she's in love with him but I still mm-hmm. believe her attraction to him but then oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah but then it's sure. but then it's really interesting because you know her mom is so against the marriage and when she finds out it's so heart-wrenching to read like her mom is so cold and aggressive of like saying you lied to me you're lying to me I can't believe like you haven't talked to me and then this is what you're doing like you are risking yourself being with him I can't trust you in this house anymore you can't sleep mm-hmm. here you know she's she really kind of cuts her off um emotionally after she's decided to marry him you know and she doesn't yeah that was heart. that was, heart-wrenching that was too. really hard like, to read because you know obviously her mom shouldn't have responded that way like even if she disagreed like that's just really intense to read and I don't know it's just it is kind of like you really get that sense of like no matter what Liberty does she's not going to meet up to her mother's expectations. Like even if I, yeah, (sighs) I had all the feels reading this because I feel like I really
0: connected with both sides of it. Like as a child, like never feeling, you know, or where you have those feelings of not, I can't possibly live up to what I should live up to. And that comes from not just other people, but that can come from, you know, just yourself. But But then as a mother now, I understand this like deep, like love and protectiveness that like you just you just want everything to be better. And if you see something happening that you think is going to make their life harder, it's it's so like incredibly difficult to not interfere with that and to not try to control that like it's. Right. It takes a lot of effort. And my kids are six and four. Like I haven't even gotten to the like really hard shit yet, but it's hard. Like just to be like, okay, if they do that, they could get hurt. Must protect. No, they got to learn. If you do that, you can get hurt. Like it's just a hard. And I think, so I really also empathize with, with Dr. Sampson and like, but then also just, you know, your heart breaks for Liberty. Like it's just such a touching, like affecting novel just in their relationships and then in the greater relationships and the greater story, like everything about it is just so touching and not in like a sappy, like cry way, just Mm -hmm. in a really affects, I think like the novel is just so affecting. And I read some, I started researching um, the author a little bit and like, she's been getting a lot of comparisons to Toni Morrison. Oh, Um, yeah. Which, you know, I think there's, you can find similarities and that's, I I wouldn't like compare her. I think she's her very own unique voice, but I think that because, because Toni Morrison also wrote these novels and that were just so affecting and touching that she was able to reach, I think a really incredibly broad audience. Yeah. Um, and I think that I could see that here too. Like she's just, her novel is just beautiful.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and it is it's touching in a universal way like there's no aspect of this mother daughter relationship especially that feels like well why did you go there like why did you leap from that to that kind of thing yeah. like it yeah. makes sense how the, they interact with each other and it's sad but it's real and there's so much love there but also resentment and it's all portrayed in a in a universal way but also like just in a in a heartbreaking way because you see the failings of both, right? You see the f- like the way that Dr. Sampson has failed her daughter is very real. She has failed Liberty in a lot of ways, but she's also cared for her and like seen more potential in Liberty than I think Liberty mm-hmm. sees in herself. And mm-hmm. so when she sees Liberty make choices sometimes that are are just like what, like you know, I think she naturally kind of. Is sensitive to that and you know but then also with liberty it's like well okay it makes sense that she wouldn't want her life to be dictated by her mother's dreams for her she would want to find her own path right but also she's looking for her own freedom yeah she's looking for her own freedom and some of the choices she makes are kind of confounding i think like going to a library and only reading the titles you know is just strange to me you know but But she has to do what she has to do and it's sad when you see them kind of drift apart and then see how the other kind of like overreaches or oversteps versus Mm -hmm. when they're distant. Like it seems like with their relationship it's always like it's too much, too much involvement, too much um, telling the other person what to do or it's completely cold and cut off and there's really not much middle ground
0: yeah no I think yeah they have they're they're very polar um and it's it's hard to it's hard to like read about like it you just feel so bad for both of them it's like god knock it off like
1: yeah and I think there's also you know I think her mother is also kind of reacting harshly in ways because she's terrified of losing her like Oh even sure. Though, yeah. Even though she appreciates and respects Emmanuel, she knows that that means that Liberty's going to leave and they're going to go to Haiti mm-hmm. and she might never see her again. And I think that's where a lot of her kind of aggressive response to their engagement oh, comes from. Oh, for sure. And that's yeah. totally totally understandable. Like this is her child, this is her only person. Mm-hmm well and
0: you know she lost liberty's father like that's the other element is she's raised her by herself you know her her husband and liberty's father died and and the reason she's named liberty is because he died with the dream of um going to a place where you know blacks were free and lived free and it was like all them and never got to see his dream to come to fruition and her name is named after his dream or her name is after his dream and you know and so i think that's the other element too is like she's a part of her of her husband of her love of you know the father and she's done this all herself so yeah there's just so much that liberty represents um and is so many reasons why liberty is so just crucial to her and important to her and i think in ways that it's hard for her to necessarily understand and i think so that's why sometimes she doesn't communicate her love in ways that
1: seem very loving yeah Um, I really love the way that um Greenidge writes it like there's a couple quotes where she's like I realized I had been raised up in something like a shroud the muffling shroud of my mother's grief for my father and maybe for life um which I just think is so harrowing and then um there's another moment as well where her mother kind of in this I think moment of uh, vulnerability that we hadn't really seen from her. She says, I don't have a way with words like you do. Then she said very quietly, the only good poem I've ever written is you. A daughter is a poem. Mm. A daughter is a kind of psalm. You in the world responding to me is the song I made. I cannot make another. So like, I mean, that was just so stunning. Like it's what a great way Of describing that relationship and yeah the pain that losing a daughter to her her husband or this like another journey in her life would would hurt for her like that that pain that separation and like what else does she have really obviously very important work but you know she uh, still always dreamed for her daughter to be a part of that that they would always be together in that way well, and I think I think even that, you know, it, it, so many um,
0: children and parents were separated, you yeah. know, during slavery. And, like, I think she truly, like, while she wasn't, Dr. Sampson was born free, but just that idea of not losing her daughter, like, yeah, you know, and, and that was such a reality for so many people to just to not have their children. And I think there's, like, this des- desire to cling to it and she sees the the value in it and sees liberty leaving is like as that same kind of loss and I can imagine I mean again I get both sides of it like I really mm-hmm. just you know I I want my kids to leave the house when you know to be ready to at a a healthy age right and like have right. their own life and you know and if that means they travel the world or they live far away I, I want that for them, but at the same time, my God, no, never leave. Like, <laughs> know. you know, I see. Yeah. And so it's, it's a struggle. It's like, a. I think there's just, there's such struggles in humanity that connect us all. I mean, everyone that's a parent, I think understands that. And everyone that's a child understands the idea of like needing to be free from that and needing to, yeah to be able to separate. So, yeah. But then also like, you know, what's, when you go who do how do you take care of your parents when they get older and Mm -hmm. is it okay to separate like that's not necessarily as big of a part of this but I think just all those ties of like you know how much we need each other and what is connected connectedness look like um, and just the importance of family and yeah so just such a great novel
1: I I know I loved
0: it really really loved it
1: I know I can't wait to discuss the letter the latter part about i think it's like maybe a a quarter left of the novel for us to discuss yeah
0: yeah so it's not half we just we thought this was a good place to to stop our discussion she's met emmanuel and um they get married and they're going to be going to to haiti um so the next episode we'll be talking about the rest of the novel um starting with the chapter of real love knows no danger I love how all there's, how there's not numerical chapters either. And it's like, and it's in Haitian and then it gives you the English translation. And, um, yeah, so really like that. Um, I'm excited to talk about the second part. So this is just great. Hopefully you have had a chance to start reading it or have read it, or we'll be able to catch up soon. Um, I'm really excited to discuss the next half. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we, before we wrapped up?
1: I don't think so. I'm again. I'm just. I am so glad you picked this book. This is such a great novel. And if you weren't convinced to read it before, I hope you're convinced now because I think this has been a lovely discussion, and I know I've really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's great, and I'm definitely going to pick up her other novel. I'm really interested to to read more of her work. I just I think she's great. So. All right. Well, we will post as soon as we know what our next uh, book will be about. Um, And I hope that you all, um, thanks for all listening. And I hope you get a chance to get the book from your local bookstore and catch up with us if you haven't read it already. So bye, everybody.
1: Bye.